What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we just had five games in the conference this past weekend, but still had plenty of winners and losers from SEC Week 8. We'll run through all of them. Dan Enos is out at Arkansas as the offensive coordinator. We'll react to that, and we'll get you guys caught up on the latest top 25 rankings as well. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is presented to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. And shout out to our everydayers coming back and checking us out. Man, we got to dive into it before we get to our winners and our losers. Really, I guess we could have saved this for the loser segment, but he's the biggest loser of the week, and that is Dan Enos over at Arkansas. As news came out Sunday afternoon that Sam Pittman has relieved his OC and quarterbacks coach of his duties He is no longer a member of the Razorbacks program, effective immediately. Wide receivers coach and former Ohio State quarterback Kenny Guyton will take over play-calling duties for the Hogs for the rest of the season. Razorbacks heading into a bye this week. They will return to action on November 4th at Florida before finishing with three straight games at home beginning November 11th against Auburn. Now, the news comes one day after the Hogs suffered a 7-3 loss to Mississippi State. Enos, like we said, also coached the quarterbacks. It was his first season in the program, taking over for, for Kendall Bryles, who left. But the Razorbacks rank last in the SEC and 119th nationally in total offense with 305 a game. They're 26 points per game, also ranks last in the conference. And they're one of just six SEC programs that average less than 30 points a game. Arkansas's 196 passing yards and 109 rushing yards per game, both rank third worst in the conference. And Arkansas just suffered their sixth straight loss against Mississippi State. So we'll get to more on Arkansas and uh, some of the losers of the weekend. But uh, let's dive into it. Let's do our winners of the weekend. Who should we be celebrating this weekend? Who had a heck of a weekend? And we got to start over there in Tuscaloosa as the Alabama defense was a winner of the weekend. The Tide trailed by 13 at the half. But score, the offense scored 27 unanswered to come out of the game with a revenge win against Tennessee from a year ago. It was the largest halftime comeback at home for the Tide since the 1995 game against Southern Miss and the third largest halftime comeback at home in school history. But with their national title hopes on the brink, Alabama turned in its most dominant half of football in the season, and it came against a rival who helped end Bama's championship aspirations a year ago. Bama committed... 17 penalties for 130 yards in last year's loss to Tennessee. This year, flagged just once for five yards in the entire game. But the Alabama defense, they're our winner of the week because they shut out the Vols in the second half. Again, facing their largest halftime deficit since 2019, Jalen Milrow bounced back from a couple of turnovers to bring an explosive offense out on the field as uh, the Tide came back to beat Tennessee. Milrow Had 223 yards of offense, including two touchdowns. And Bryant-Denny Stadium was rocking. It was a slow start for Alabama. They found themselves down 13-0 in 
in the first quarter, getting out gained 187 yards to 36. But Alabama's pass rush started to collapse that pocket, and the coverage tightened. Joe Milton overthrew two receivers on third and goal, forcing Tennessee to settle for a couple of field goals early. Alabama also prevented two fourth-down short yardage conversions near midfield to get the ball back to their offense. It was Alabama's second-largest second-half comeback in the Nick Saban era, the other one being against Georgia in the 2018 SEC title game. And Josh Heupel just made coaching mistakes throughout this one, deciding to go for it on fourth and one at his own 47 with a three-point lead. Dylan Sampson was blown up short of the line of scrimmage. And Tennessee's second, fourth, and short failure. Um, again, Alabama showing their will up front, getting it done. Nick Saban saying after the game, obviously a pretty fun second half for us. And now Alabama's race for the SEC West title continues. They get a week off with the bye week. And then they will have their biggest game of the season against LSU, whose offense is rolling it will be the game that will likely decide the SEC West. We know Ole Miss beat LSU head-to-head, so Ole Miss would have to take another loss. They still have to play Georgia, but a lot to play for. But if Alabama beats LSU, they're going to Atlanta, basically. If they lose to LSU, um, LSU kind of will be in the driver's seat, although Ole Miss would need to lose another game. Another winner of the weekend from this game, I'm putting Jason McClellan in here. Kind of an underrated um, you know, name, I guess, in the comeback was Jace McClellan. He kept the chains moving on, on plenty of drives for Alabama. Finished the day 27 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged over four yards a carry. Had a 29-yard run in there. It was his second 100-yard rushing day of the season. His other one came in the win against Ole Miss. And Jace McClellan, now top five in the SEC in rushing yards at 569 on the season. He trails only Cody Schrader, Ray Davis, Logan Diggs, and Jalen Wright. And Bama has really leaned big on him this season, along with a nice compliment to Roydell Williams. And if Bama's going to run the table like they're hoping to and win the SEC West, they're going to have to lean on McClellan and that run game to continue doing what they're doing. Now, Paul Feinbaum said on Sunday on SportsCenter, quote, book it. Book your reservations for Atlanta, Alabama fans. This Alabama team is one of the more resilient I've seen under Nick Saban. In fact, since that Texas game, I think this may be one of Nick Saban's, if not his best, coaching job. I'm not there with Paul. I think they've done a great he's done a great job and the team is playing much better as of late, but I'd hold off on booking reservations to Atlanta. Just a lot can happen over these next couple of weeks. So uh, again, huge win for Alabama, but their biggest uh, game is still ahead of them in LSU. Another winner of the weekend. How about Cody Schrader over at Missouri? The SEC's leading rusher is Cody Schrader. He had 26 carries for 159 yards and two rushing scores. He also had two catches for 11 yards, and Schrader jumps ahead of Kentucky's Ray Davis, who was on a bye week, and Schrader is the league's leading rusher at 807 rushing yards, just ahead of Davis, who's at 781. LSU's Logan Diggs is third with 611. Schrader averaged six yards a carry in this one. He has become one of the most reliable rushers in the SEC this year. Just one fumble on 140 carries. Also has 12 catches as well. And the former Truman State running back, he is rushed for, or he ran for 745 yards last season with nine touchdowns. This season, he's already at nine rushing touchdowns with 807 on the ground. There's a really good chance Schrader is going to go over 1,000 yards rushing in these next couple weeks. And we'll see if he can jump into the top 10 for rushing yards in a single season at Mizzou. Of course, two years ago, Tyler Beatty 
took that top spot with over 1,600 rushing yards. But Schrader with a chance to jump over some guys like Henry Josie, uh, Larry Roundtree, Brad Smith, if he keeps being this productive. Should mention that uh, Missouri's defense sacked Spencer Rattler six times in this one. They were really good. Luther Burden had four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, the touchdown being a highlight real catch. Really, really good one. And Mizzou did not allow a touchdown for the first time since beating Vanderbilt 41 to nothing back in November of 2020. Mizzou dominated on defense, stopped South Carolina on 10 of 13 third down conversions. So, look, we're calling Cody Schrader the winner of the weekend, but Mizzou's defense certainly deserves some love in there. Another winner of the weekend. How about the Ole Miss run game? Quinshawn Judkins has been getting going, and he had another big day. 21 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown versus Auburn in the Rebels' 28-21 win over the Tigers on the road at Auburn. The Rebels also got two rushing touchdowns from Jackson Dart, who ran for 44 yards. Ulysses Bentley rushed for 52. And the Rebels totaled 223 uh, on the ground on Saturday, averaging four yards a carry. And Junkin's starting to look like himself a little bit from a year ago. Rushed for... He's rushed for over an average of 122 yards per game over the past three weeks. He is now sixth in the SEC in rushing yards, just two yards behind Jace McClellan, just outside the top five in the SEC in rushing. He's got seven rushing touchdowns, while Ole Miss as a team has ran for over 1,300 yards and 18 rushing touchdowns on the season. The Rebels third in the SEC in total rushing yards, just behind LSU and Tennessee. And now the Rebels sit in 6-1, 3-1 in the conference. Next up will be a home game against Vandy, which should be easy. Then a home game against AM, who looks beatable. And then it's a road game out to Georgia on November 11th. We'll see if the Rebels can keep playing good football before they head into that game. Another winner of the weekend, the Mississippi State defense. The Bulldogs playing their first game this season without their senior quarterback, Will Rogers. They picked up their first SEC win of the year, beating Arkansas 7-3 in Fayetteville on Saturday. The Bulldog defense held Arkansas to just 200 yards of total offense. The Hogs were just 5-17 of 17 on third downs, and it was quite a turnaround from some of the defensive performances we saw earlier this season for State. They gave up 37 to South Carolina, 41 to LSU, 40 to Bama, even gave up 28 at home to Western Michigan. But two of the best linebackers in the SEC, Bookie Watson and Jed Johnson, they led the way. Watson had 14 tackles and two sacks. Jed Johnson, he had 11 tackles. Corey Ellington had a sack. DeCarian uh, Richardson had a sack. Deshaun Page recovered a fumble. Sean Preston had an interception. Offensively, Mike Wright did just enough as he threw for the lone touchdown of the game to Woody Marks. But Mississippi State's defense, shout out to them. Zach Arnett got them to play their best of the day. And Mississippi State. They pulled out, pulled themselves out of the cellar of the SEC with the victory. Bulldogs travel to Auburn on Saturday. That one will likely be a low-scoring one again, but at 4-3, and three, Mississippi State just needs two more wins to get to bowl eligibility. So things were looking bleak a couple weeks ago for State, but now looking a little bit more on the up. Another winner of the weekend. I'm putting Jaden Daniels in here in the lone conference game of last, uh, the lone non-conference game of last weekend. LSU routed Army 62 to nothing. Jaden Daniels keeping his name in the Heisman conversation. He sat out the entire second half for LSU against Army, but in the first half, he was 11 for 15 for 279 yards, three passing touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing score as well. 
Brian Kelly said after the game, offensively, this is the seventh consecutive week we had at least 500 total yards of offense. Brian Thomas was the leading receiver, finishing three catches for 122 yards and a couple of scores. And Jaden Daniels continuing to make his case in the Heisman discussion. He has accounted for 30 overall touchdowns, over 3,000 total yards. He continues to lead the SEC in total passing yards, ahead of number, number two Brady Cook by over 300 yards. He's also still seventh in the SEC in rushing yards, over 520 on the ground. Also has five rushing touchdowns, which is fifth most in the conference. And the LSU offense put up 570 yards on the day. Uh, I get it. It was Army, but Jaden continuing to add to his resume this year. And, uh, again, it's all going to come down to that game in Bama in two weeks. If Jaden Daniels leads LSU to a victory over Bama, he's absolutely in the Heisman conversation. Michael Penix kind of came back down to earth this past week. Uh, we saw Caleb Williams, not very good. USC took another loss. So, you know, Jaden Daniels, I get it. They got the two losses, but uh, – those are two, two top 12 teams. What, Florida State's fourth and Ole Miss is 12th? And Jaden Daniels wasn't the reason they lost those games. It was because of their defense. So, Jaden Daniels deserves to still be in the Heisman conversation. I don't know if he'll win it, but certainly could add to that resume if he beats Alabama and Tuscaloosa in two weeks. Uh, another winner of the weekend, we'll throw LSU's defense in there. I know it was Army they were playing, but remember a few weeks ago, this looks, looked like a defense that would give up points to anyone. And this week, they shut out Army 62-0. They held them to 4 for 11 on third downs, 0 for 3 on fourth downs, forced three turnovers. Ovia Gofu recorded a fumble recovery. Uh, Andre Sam had not one but two interceptions. Zai Alexander had one. I guess that was four, uh, four turnovers. Uh, Greg Penn had a sack. Omar Spates led the way with nine tackles. Harold Perkins Jr. had seven tackles. And this came just a week after LSU held Auburn under 300 yards. Again, Auburn's not very good, but... Over the past two weeks, their numbers have improved. LSU's now giving up less than 400 yards a game. It was way above that a few weeks ago. Vandy and South Carolina are now behind LSU in the SEC in yards given up per game, and LSU's now third to last in the SEC, giving up 26 points per game ahead of South Carolina and Vandy. Understand the numbers still look rough, but they are much improved these last two weeks. What will the LSU defense look like against Bama in two weeks? That will determine whether LSU has a pretty good season or a great season. And one more impressed I want to throw in here, uh, or winner of the weekend, South Carolina kicker Mitch Jeter converted four or five field goals. Kind of tongue-in-cheek here, but the Gamecocks did not score a touchdown in this one. Jeter was the only offense South Carolina had in the game, and he's down 9 for 11 on field goals this season, making 81% of his kicks. He's also a perfect 18 for 18 on PATs. Didn't have to attempt one this week because they didn't score a TD. No doubt South Carolina, they cannot afford another game this season without an offensive touchdown. And there you have it. Those are our winners of the weekend. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to touch on who are the losers of the weekend. That's coming your way in just a sec. First, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Look, now uh, we'd like to bring you this time every week our Game Changer of the Week, and it is presented by Athletic Brewing Company, much like the Alabama defense completely changed their game against Tennessee in the second half. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting, award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. And they're constantly working on some of those limited-edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They are fit for all times. 
So you can really drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. Uh, whether you're watching a big game, watching your kid's game, uh, working, working out, whatever it is, Athletic Brewing Company has got you covered. No hangovers ever. You can find them in-store, online, and at bars across the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so get on board. Go check them out at a store near you, near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, you can use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That is code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Uh, athletic near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Run along here, locked on SEC. We ran through our winners of the weekend, so now we got to get to our who depressed in week two. I'd like to say the word losers, we'll say it. It's not exactly, it doesn't necessarily mean you lost the game. It doesn't mean that you're a loser in life, but you were, uh, you did not exceed expectations in, uh, in week two. Uh, Real quick, uh, or week eight, rather. Before we get back into it, I want to remind you guys, uh, every Friday you can check out the Locked On College live show. They're getting you ready for the weekend that is to come, talking all things college football. You can find that on any of our Locked On College YouTube channels, including ours at Locked On SEC. All right, let's dive into it as we get back into it. Who depressed in week eight of the SEC? And we start with the Tennessee offense. The Vols held a 20-7 halftime lead in Tuscaloosa. Had to be feeling pretty good about their chances at pulling off an upset of Bama and beating them for the second year in a row. But the Tide made some massive halftime adjustments, playing their best half of football this entire season, shutting out the Vols 27 to nothing in the second half. And the Vols fell 34 to 20. Tennessee produced 374 yards of offense, but 187 of that came in the first quarter. Tennessee came into this week uh, ranked number six nationally in yards rushing per game at 231. But the Vols' leading rusher ended up being Joe Milton, who finished with 59 yards on the ground after losing 33 on sacks. The Vols struggled all game to open up consistent run holes. Their uh, running back trio totaled just 72 yards on 23 carries. Dylan Sampson, he had the longest run for 12 yards. And the running back struggles took Tennessee out of rhythm. Forced Joe Milton to throw it 41 times. Just 3.4 yards per carry on 34 rush attempts. Joe Milton was sacked four times. And uh, in the fourth quarter, Tennessee trailing by seven. Chris Braswell forces a Joe Milton fumble, and Jihad Campbell finishes the 24-yard scoop and score, leading to a loud roar from the Alabama home uh, crowd. And Josh Heupel, his fourth down gambles cost them. Failures in the red zone cost them. You can't settle for field goals when you're trying to beat Alabama in their house. Heupel said after the game, I felt like we had an opportunity to pick it up. Obviously, we didn't. We gave them a short field, and they took advantage of it. Lost dealt a big blow to the Vols for their SEC East chances trying to catch Georgia. Uh, Their chances of a first win in Tuscaloosa in 20 years went out the window in that second half. The Vols Ended 15 years of frustration against the Tide with a win last year. But Alabama got payback in the final 30 minutes of this game. Chris Braswell saying after the game it was personal. It was a personal game to us. Tennessee linebacker Elijah Herring said that um, they didn't have that get-it-done mentality in the second half. He said we just let go of that rope. Felt comfortable. Felt like we had won the game already. In two games in hostile environments this year, the Vols 
have played three horrific halves of football, losing to Florida and letting Alabama do whatever they wanted when it mattered most. On social media, some Vol fans, they're ready to move on from Joe Milton. Uh, they would rather see the Vols roll with the five-star freshman Nico Yamaliava under center for the rest of the season. Milton's time at Tennessee will draw to a close after this year while Nico is just getting his career started. So, look, if you're a Tennessee fan, I get where you're coming from. Should you continue on this path the rest of the year with Milton, see what happens? Maybe some people hand Georgia some losses? Or, you know, do you see it as, let's just look to the future. Let's get our five-star his feet wet so we're ready to roll going into next year. We will see. All right, another deep press of the weekend, the Arkansas offense. Things really going sideways for the Razorbacks as they lost their sixth straight game after starting the season 2-0. and But things were really bad this past weekend. Losing at home to Mississippi State 7-3. Bulldogs with their backup quarterback in and Mike Wright. And the Hawks fell to 2-6 and on the year, 0-5 in the SEC. And what has really been struggling these past few weeks is that offense. Danny Nose took a lot of the criticism. I mean, just over 200 yards of offense this week. Rushing for 103. KJ Jefferson threw for just 97 yards through the air. And that's why Danny Nose is out of a job today. It was the first time since the Outback Bowl two years ago that Jefferson threw for less than 100 yards. Uh, and Arkansas's offense ranked 118th in yards per game. Struggled worse than usual, especially in the second half. The Razorbacks had just four first downs at 78 yards. Their only points of the game came courtesy of a 26-yard field goal that capped off a 29-yard drive after uh, the Bulldogs threw an interception on their first series of the game. Uh, five of Arkansas' six losses this season have been by a touchdown or less. So, you know, if anyone's thinking about canning Sam Pittman, I think you got to take that into account. They have been competitive. They've just lost a lot of close games. Sam Pittman saying after the game, we're not very good. We got good kids. We got guys who try hard, but we're just not very good right now. Got a lot of figuring out to do. Arkansas running back Rocket Sanders, who was a preseason All-American, he missed his fifth game of the year because of a knee injury. And their six-game losing streak is their longest since 2019 when they lost nine straight, going 2-10. and ten. And uh, Chad Morris was fired before that season was over. The best Arkansas can hope for now is a 500 regular season. Big step backward from a team that won nine games two seasons ago and seven last year and bringing back a preseason All-American running back and second-team All-SEC quarterback. And they got to sit and think about all this on their bye week. Tough, tough, tough. All right, another deep press of the weekend. I got Shane Beamer in here. After starting the season 2-2, two and two, the Gamecocks have now lost three in a row, all to SEC East foes in Tennessee, Florida, and Mizzou. And just a week after hurting his foot and kicking a Gatorade jug, Shane Beamer might be kicking himself again after losing in Como. He said, quote, we didn't play very well in the first half, didn't coach well enough, but we had opportunities to make plays and we just didn't get that done. Spencer Rattler was 23 of 40 for just 217 yards, was sacked six times, and the Gamecock offense just really struggled with no touchdowns scored. Rattler is fourth in the SEC in passing yards, but he ranks in the bottom half of SEC quarterbacks in touchdowns with just 11. South Carolina needs to win four of their last five games to become bowl eligible, but it is not slated to face any opponents currently ranked in the top 25. Uh, they did face ranked opponents in four of their first seven contests. But next up, Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks. They will head to College Station, where they will take on Texas A&M, 11 a.m. Central this Saturday on ESPN. It's the Gamecocks' third road trip in their last four games. They will have played four road games in their last six. 
But the good news is they get their last four games of the season at home. Another deep press of the weekend. I got the Auburn offense. The Tigers came into Saturday with one of the worst passing attacks in the FBS, and it stayed that way against Ole Miss. Ashford and Peyton Thorne combined for only 45 yards and two touchdowns before Auburn's final drive of the game where they scored some points. But Auburn's offense only generated 275 total yards against Ole Miss. That marked the fourth time in five games against Power Conference competition in which Auburn has been held to fewer than 300 yards. Tigers came into Saturday ranked number 111 nationally in total offense against Power 5 opponents. Auburn was 4 for 14 on the day on third downs, totaled just 275 total yards, 122 passing, 153 rushing, and they had just 26 passing yards heading into the fourth quarter. Justin Lee of the of the Opelika Auburn News tweeted, it's the worst passing offense in the modern era of Auburn football. It got me thinking, by comparison, Auburn's offense threw for more yards under T.J. Finley, Sean White, Jeremy Johnson, Keel Frazier, uh, Clint Mosley, Barrett Trotter, any other average to decent Auburn quarterback you want to throw in that mix. The Peyton Thorne transfer has been a disaster. And yes, some blame should go to the O-line and the receivers who are not very good either. But Peyton Thorne has not been good. And our last uh, uh, disappointed, depressed of the weekend, it's Hugh Freeze. After starting the season 3-0 with wins over UMass, Cal, and Samford, the Auburn Tigers have lost four in a row, games in which their dismal offense has scored 10, 20, 18, and 21, respectively. Free said after the game, everything is up for evaluation. It should be with the numbers we're putting up. The win marked the first time Ole Miss has beaten Auburn in back-to-back seasons since 1951 and 1952. Ole Miss had also been winless in Jordan-Hare since 2015. I get it. This is Freeze's first season on the Plains, and he's building for the future. His 2024 re- recruiting class currently ranks 17th in the country, and they got some big-time commits like Perry Thompson, Walker White, and others. But six other SEC schools are ahead of them in the rankings. Is it realistic to expect Auburn to turn things around very quickly next year, especially when you look at next year's schedule? They have road trips at Alabama, at Georgia, at Mizzou and Kentucky, and then home games against Texas A&M, Oklahoma, This may be a multi-year rebuild for Hugh Freeze, and are Auburn fans going to be patient while he rebuilds things? One thing is for sure, the quarterback play could not get much worse, and that is highly unusual for a Hugh Freeze-led team. There you have it. That's our winners and losers of the weekend. Coming up next, we'll hit very quickly on the uh, rankings of Week 8 heading into Week 9. That's coming your way in just a second. First, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Go test your skills at Prize Picks throughout this football season. The most exciting way to play fantasy sports if you've got the skills. You could turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college. And again, uh, first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, it is prize picks. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. 
All right, rolling along here, locked on SEC. Before we get out of here, I wanted to throw it out to uh, the latest rankings coming out. The Week 9 coaches poll rankings coming out yesterday, and it had Georgia at number one. It had Alabama at number eight. Ole Miss up one spot at number 11. LSU came in at number 15. Mizzou coming in uh, at number 16. So both LSU and Missouri moved up four spots apiece. And Tennessee, they fell to number 20th, down five spots. Now, the AP poll, uh, not too much different. They had Georgia one. They had Alabama down one spot. So, uh, or rather, uh, Coach's poll has Bama eight. AP has Bama nine. Uh, Coach's poll has Ole Miss 11. AP has Ole Miss 12. Just like the both polls, LSU's 15. Mizzou is 16. Tennessee, number 20 in the Coach's poll, but number 21 in the AP poll. And in both polls, Florida was the top team in the others receiving votes category. So, you know, we can almost kind of count them as 26th. Uh, we'll see if they jump back into that top 25. Kentucky was also in the others receiving votes group. Just some other tidbits before we get out of here. College game day is heading to Salt Lake City, Utah for this week's matchup between Utah and Oregon. Both those teams are 6-1, and one, and what we're hoping for is kind of the Pac-12 starts to eliminate some of their own, like, you know, USC taking a couple losses. You hope maybe they can, you know, some teams can knock off Washington. Oregon could take more losses, and everybody just kind of beats up on one another. So, uh, but the, the key to that one is one of Utah, Oregon, will come out of that game at 7-1. and one. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, college football playoff race continuing to heat up. We'll get the uh, first batch of playoff rankings here in a week. And uh, ESPN, they've been having their experts predict the top four teams to make the playoff all season, and they updated their rankings yesterday. Uh, They have Georgia making all 15 ballots, so everybody thinks Georgia will make it. But basically, the only other four teams that they have in their playoff predictions, Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, and Florida State. Penn State lost to Ohio State, so they're kind of out of it now. But Michigan, Ohio State, they're going to play each other. Can somebody knock off one of those teams before they get to that game and hand them uh, a first loss before they, you know, one of them can take a potential second loss. We'll see. But Washington and Florida State, and Florida State's doing a great job running through the ACC so far. So we will uh, see who makes it. But, you know, likelihood of two SEC teams making it still not likely. Again, the best case scenario is Bama runs the table. They beat an undefeated Georgia in Atlanta and then maybe have a case for Bama as the SEC champ with one loss and Georgia as. The SEC runner-up with one loss. Both could make it in, but that seems highly unlikely right now with how good some of these other teams are playing from around the other conferences. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout-out to our everydayers. I'm Chris Gordy. I will talk to you guys after the game right here on your uh, home for uh, SEC. Uh, talking all things SEC, it is Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Come on back and see us. We'll have the latest news going on around the conference.